FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 190 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked? Whoa, whoa, whoa. 190? Yes, but before I forget again, we're your host, Jason and Denise Venable. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Seriously, 190? Yeah, 190. Not well, only that. Like nine episodes away from 200. Blink, blink. All right, let's, let's work on our math skills. It's 190. Uh-huh. So we're nine episodes away from doing the 200th episode. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> but 200 minus 190 is 10. This is 190. <laughs> then we have nine episodes, uh-huh. which would put us at 199 uh-huh. before we would reach... 200. 200. Yes. Okay. There's nothing wrong with my math. Okay. Also, the podcast is four years old. What? Yeah. Now, we will have, in a few weeks, an official anniversary episode, because we're going to do Wolverine number one. So that'll be the official anniversary episode. But I wanted Denise to be able to share in the fun as well. So we'll uh, have kind of a mini anniversary episode, or at least in the intro. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, happy podcast anniversary. Do I get anything? You can get a podcast. <laughs> Do I get like a podcast necklace? <laughs> yes. It's a micro it's a silver microphone. Do I get a little charm that I can uh-huh. hang on my other necklace? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, it's a microphone and then a laptop. And uh, You can return that birthday gift you don't like. <laughs> you can get me a microphone charm. Oh, whatever. Um, no, I have to share this story. So I'm going to edit it out. <laughs> no, you're not. So recently it was Jason's birthday. Yeah, Happy me and birthday. the podcast have similar, very close birthdays. Yes. In fact, the original idea of the podcast was kind of a birthday present to myself. <laughs> You can edit out my snarky. No, no, it stays. <laughs> I want everyone to know what I'm dealing with. <laughs> so, Jason used to, when he was in his old position at work, he had a carry A couple painter. of positions ago, yeah. yeah. When, when I was allowed to wear jeans. Yes, he was allowed to wear jeans. But he had to look nice when he wore jeans. So like yeah. jeans and a polo. It was nice jeans, but jeans nonetheless. Yes. And he had a Not nice like bedazzled on the ass. <laughs> no, let's define that. No fernalese were on my jeans. Or giant crosses no. or... Not that there's no. anything wrong with that. No, but it was against his work's dress code. I don't think that it is. It's against my <laughs> dress code. I'm trying to save you here. <laughs> no, it's all me. It's against my personal dress code. Yes. Anyway, so Jason used to carry his keys... And his drum key Mm -hmm. on his carabiner. Yeah. And when we got married, I got him a brass guitar pick. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was on his carabiner as well. Yes. Then he got a promotion and he couldn't wear jeans anymore. Mm -hmm. And because he couldn't wear jeans anymore, he couldn't clip his carabiner to his dress pants. Well, I could, but see, the thing about the jeans is the belt loops right there by the pocket and you have jean pockets. Right. So I could clip it and immediately tuck my keys into my pocket so they were attached. So they weren't putting a hole in my pocket, which I used to hate, but they were not just dangling. Right. In my slacks, they don't fit from the belt loop to the pocket, so they just dangle and I walk around like a janitor. Or uh, <laughs> Peter Coyote from E.T. Yes. And when we were dating, it drove me crazy. When we walk, I used to grab his carabiner. <laughs> That's why he actually stuck it in his pocket. Yeah. He was very proud of himself when he came over and he goes, look, I figured out if I stick my keys in my pocket, they don't jangle and it shouldn't bother you anymore. (laughs) But anyway, back to my story. So for years, because when he got the promotion, he took his key ring off. So every once in a while, he forgets his keys because I'm driving and he doesn't grab them. Well, I just got used to only carrying my car key. That's all I really need. Because we come into right. the garage, so I don't need a house key or anything. Right. 
But recently, he needs the key that's on the keychain, and he doesn't have it. So, I had been searching for quite a while to find a solution to this that he could look nice, still get to carry his keys the way that he used to, and lo and behold, I found it's called a pocket hook. And it's a key ring with this really weird hook on it, and it's made for dress pants, and you stick the keys in your pocket, and then you hook it to like the inside of your pants pocket. And it sits right at the seam, so it does. it's not supposed to bother you. And I got it for him, and I was all excited. I couldn't wait for him to get it. And he opens it up, and he looks at it, and I thought, okay, I have to explain it. It does look kind of weird, so let me explain it. So I explain it, and he goes, oh, thanks. And he puts it right back in the box, which is still sitting on the kitchen island <laughs> almost a week later. Yes, but to be fair, I love it. <laughs> right. And then when I said, there's a gift receipt in there, you were like, okay, cool. I'm not taking it back. I'm going to use it. And you also got me a music stand. I did. Which I use all the time. Is that supposed to like help with the fact that she... It's a really nice music stand. <laughs> it's heavy duty, collapsible legs, lots of adjustable levers. It's very helpful for, for me working on music. Not so much for podcasting, though I should. I should bring it over here and re- put my comics on the music stand. You should. <laughs> it has a shortened leg. You could probably sit it right here in the center of the table. I don't think it goes that low. I could set it right here next to me. Oh, you could. You and could I even can, set it up while you're reading on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I could. I'm a little music stand in there. Every now and then, conduct a <laughs> fake symphony. I figured you'd use it for your really old comics, the ones that you don't want to, like, keep hold on. <laughs> turn the pages with tweezers. <laughs> I have white photo gloves. There you <laughs> you go. can borrow those. Yes, I'll use those. <laughs> if I ever get a Wolverine first appearance, that's what we'll do. <laughs> I can just see it now. I'm going to come home and come around the corner. <laughs> and all I'm going <laughs> to see is the music stand sticking out my toilet door (laughs) that's where it goes well so those are our favorite podcast memories of the last four years (laughs) no but we've done a lot in the last four years we have so do you have any highlights i know i did not prep you for this so no you didn't very spur of the moment (laughs) but is there anything that jumps out that we've done since you've been on the show well we did the movies yes we missed one. Well, we're gonna try to do it for two hundred. Okay. So, uh, if nothing else, all right. <laughs> so, I'm interested to see, and we'll find out, I guess, in a few episodes. Um, hated X three. I have not seen it since the theater. Which one was X three? Oh, is that uh, the one where they the mutants can get unmutantified? Yeah, I believe that's a technical term. So, thank <laughs> you, thank you for using it. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> yes. And so I'm interested, you know, I, I was pleasantly surprised to find that the one and two pretty much held up to what I remembered. Right. In a good way. So I'm interested to see if this unholds up <laughs> as much or if, you know, time has mellowed it out. Hmm. So we'll see. But I got to say, so, you know, average... We're not going to quite end it this year because I, I missed some. But we average, or have been averaging about 50 episodes a year. No, that's not bad. So once a week. Yeah, give, or, give take. or take. Yeah. And we've been supposed to do movies every 50 episodes, which is what we've been doing. But okay. we missed 150. We were supposed to do X3. Mm-hmm. Okay. We were and, also pregnant. Yeah, stuff came up. You know, whatever. It's fine. Um, <laughs> But just to give a little backstory. So I, I hate the movie, so I don't own it. Okay. So we had to order or get it from Netflix. Okay. So I got it in time for us to record episode 150. Okay. We're coming up on 200. Mm-hmm. So if you do about 50 episodes a year. We've had this thing for we've a had year. The, we've had the Netflix DVD of X3 for almost a year. Which is why I'm not caught up on my shows that I can only watch on DVD. Such as? 
Yeah. You're obviously very anxious to watch them. No, I had, um, well, for a while I was catching up on really old shows, like the original Dallas. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm keeping you from that. No, I just remembered watching it as a kid and remember, I remember my kid memories. And I was curious, like, as an adult in a completely different decade, like, how hard would I laugh? And so I watched like the first. Uh, I don't think Dallas was supposed to be a comedy. Um, it wasn't, but they're so stupid and the acting. <laughs> <is so bad. laughs> it's like a comedy. Okay. I only enough. watched four episodes and was like, "Oh dear." Yeah. And then you said, "Can we bump this up to the top of the list?" Well, to be fair, even when we when we return this, I'm putting other stuff on the list. I'm not getting Dallas. No, I've rearranged some stuff, but there's movies that I want to see. That I've moved up to the top of the list. Okay. I will conquer them. <laughs> Just kidding. Like, what What are they? Oh, there's that show Grimm, and I can only watch it on DVD. They don't have it streaming. Okay. You have any time where you're going to be off when I'm at work? <laughs> That'd be a great time for you to watch that. <laughs> no, I'm going to watch it. Like, <laughs> when you say you're going to podcast without me, I'm going to uh, go okay. in the other room and watch it. <laughs> Because I have zero interest in that show. I'm curious. No, it's fine. We're allowed to watch different stuff. You're probably never going to watch Breaking Bad, so I'll probably end up watching it on my own. I don't think I I can. I don't think I can get past the first episode. But Anyway. Anyway, anyway, so back to the podcast. My favorite memories with us is just how quickly some of our episodes can devolve. Hmm, like this one? <laughs> kind of like this one. But that's my favorite part. You know, my favorite part really is, besides just having fun podcasting, is, you know, we'll, get, we'll do an episode and there'll be usually a lot of silly stuff. And I'll usually? Kind of for, you know, I'll kind of forget about it for, for a few days because I usually don't. Every now and then, like when I'm in a crunch, I'll edit right away. But usually I don't. Usually I give it. At we, least a good We record days. enough in advance usually that I have a little bit of spare time. And between work and all the other stuff we have going on, it's hard for me to like do podcast stuff two days in a row. John Wilson does not have that problem, and I envy him. <laughs> but um, I do. Does he um, have a four-month-old or five? How old is our kid? Five months. Five months. Yeah. No. But um, but regardless, um, one of my favorite things is to, is to record and be silly and you know kind of forget about it, and then go back and edit, and hear something that just makes me really really laugh. Like banter. Like Bantor, yes. <laughs> Stuff that, that I've already heard, the power but I still Bantor. laugh really hard. So that's my favorite part, and just being silly. I love all the things in our lives that we've gotten to share with everybody out there. Yeah. Like our wedding. I remember telling people, hey, we're going on vacation. Right. Leave us alone. It's called a honeymoon. Yeah. We're, we're not reading comics. <laughs> I may have read one. <laughs> I think you read a couple. Actually, I don't think I did because I didn't take any. So unless there was something on the iPad. There was. Okay. And you read it on the plane. Oh, right, right. But not in Jam- I did not read a single comic in Jamaica. No, he did not. Um, And then I remember when we told the podcast listeners when we were pregnant. Yeah. And warning them that we were going to have a baby. We didn't know when it was coming. <laughs> and then he came early. Yep, he did. Yeah, those are some of my favorites. And we got to share what was going on in our lives. Yeah. And we got to share Ethanisms. And it's even been on a couple, which yeah. is fun. Yeah. And, you know, I love all the guest stars we've had. And I love when people interact with the show. Right? Yeah. And just the friends I've made by doing, that I probably would not have made if I wasn't doing the podcast. Because A, just a little truth bomb for you all. Uh-oh. Had I not started the podcast, I would have never gotten on Twitter. That's true, folks. So all my Twitter friends, like, I wouldn't even know any of you if I hadn't started the podcast. That's very true, because I was on Twitter before him. Oh, yeah, way before me. And was like, hey, follow me. You were like, no, that's one more thing to keep up with. Yeah. (laughs) And now I'm constantly getting little, like, my phone's like, Twitter alert. I love talking comics with people, and I love all our friends on Twitter, friends of the show, friends of, from other podcasts. It really brightens my day to just kind of talk about, and it's not even always about like what this show's about. In fact, it's usually not. It's usually about other comics or whatever. But I've just enjoyed the opportunity that, that 
having this show has afforded me to like, you know, get out there and like look for other people to talk to. So those are some of my favorite things. And um but we do have some actual comics to talk about today. Yes. Um, the first half of August is already gone pretty much. Yeah. Uh, we've had two 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 full weeks of comics already under our belts and we will talk about them. And you came home with a lot. It's it's uh summer event time, so my list is full. The summer's almost over. I know. So I'm hoping it'll my budget will wind back down a little bit to my fall budget. You have a you have a fall budget and a summer budget? No, I just always go over in the summer. Oh. So does it even out at the end of the year? I think so. Oh okay. We're pretty close. Yeah. Okay. I just know you came home and I was like, whoa. Yeah, the last, the last two or three weeks have been huge. And combine that with the fact that I've had zero time to read. Like so I keep we have we have <laughs> night tables, right? My night stands next to our te- next to our beds. Uh-huh. I said next to our T V. That's weird. <laughs> I mean, it is. That's where we watch most of our TV is in the bed. But yeah, because then when, if I fall asleep, I'm already in bed. If we have Netflix on that TV, like That's automatically. Right. Yeah. And we can just get in bed and watch Stranger Things and, you know. Yep. And go, oh, right. when and it's then, over. <laughs> yeah. And then go to sleep. Um, or she can go to sleep and I can read, read a comic. <laughs> um. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so it's a night table. And it's one of those that has two drawers. Kind of a classic configuration. Right. One kind of deep drawer and one shallow drawer. Yep. Well, so in the shallow drawer, I keep all your typical doodads, uh, my checkbook, um, old keep my checkbook. old birthday cards, um, glasses, bottle caps, <laughs> uh, <laughs> iPhone boxes. Yeah, you know all the all the stuff you find in a dude's nightstand table. And the deep drawer is my comic to read drawer. Usually, it's it's enough. It's big enough to have two rows, like two stacks. Okay. So I have like my current stack, my new stuff, and I'll have my flashback stack, which is stuff I'm doing for the flashback episodes, but also anything I'm reading concurrently with that. So other old Marvel stuff that is in line with where we are in the flashbacks. And also I've been doing a Batman Superman reread. And so I'm doing like the early 90s on that. So I usually have a stack of those in there. And that stack's always pretty full because I try to keep a lot down there so I know what I'm going next. But my current stack is like busting out of the drawer. So the other night. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a solid, other than the stuff I'm reading for the podcast because I have to stay on top of that. I am a solid month behind on my new books. I'm not kidding, folks. So the other night I crawl into bed and I have the laptop and Jason <laughs> comes around the corner and he, I hear him open the drawer. I hear him dig through it, and all of a sudden he comes out with this huge stack. And I go, you going to file those away upstairs? Because we have a comic book room upstairs. It's an attic, yeah. It's a room. It is now, yeah. It is now. Because we made it one. Yeah, we put drywall in it and air conditioning and everything. Yep. Anyway. Got to take care of my babies. He goes, no, I just have to organize these in the order that I want to read them. And then he started putting small stacks, and I thought, Okay, what, whatever's in his hand is all he has left. Then he reached down and grabbed more. Yeah, the stack is insane. It's big. It's, it's the biggest my to-read stack for new comics has ever been. And it's flowed over to another piece of furniture. Mm-hmm. So, I seem to find more time to read. Well, um, tell Oliver that <laughs> he, he needs to magically grow up to age 10. No, I don't want and that. And be self-sufficient. I'm, in, I'm enjoying our time. I'll catch up later. It's just like in the Cure song, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Well, you know, I'll read when I'm old. <laughs> when our kids are grown and out of... Right. When they're in college. And I'll return to the summer in 2016. I know, <laughs> I can just see it now. We're both going to like set up our retirement so that it, we both retire at the exact same time. And the first day that we don't have to get up and go to work, we're just going to wake up and I'm going to go for a run and you're just going to bend over and grab comics and <laughs> read <laughs> And binge, yes. I'm going to go run six miles and you're going to come back. I'm going to get a Coke and a box of Whoppers (laughs) and grab some comic books. And just read. Just fat boy it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, so these are the kinds of things you've come to expect from the podcast that goes nicked in the last four years. Yes. And um, I know at least one of you has been along for the whole ride. 
If anyone wants to share memories of the first time you heard the ep- the show, I know, or any favorite episodes, then feel free to send them, and you can um, send them on Facebook or Twitter or email, and we'll talk about all that at the end of the show, like we always do. I know Georgie enjoyed when I was high on sweet tea. Uh huh. Yeah, he promised to make a T-shirt that I've yet to see. Hmm, Georgie. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah. So if you have any favorite moments and want to share them. Actually, you know, you have two or three weeks if you want. And we'll, I'll actually, if I get any, but sometimes y'all are responsive to stuff like this and sometimes you're not. And it's okay. No pressure. Do what you want. But um, if you send any, then I will share them on the actual official anniversary episode when we do Wolverine number one. Ooh. Yeah. So there's some incentive for you. Cool. Well, what do you say we, uh, we, we move out of the uh, sentimental phase of the podcast? The sentimental banter. Yeah, and then the sentimental banter and uh, move into the actual comics. Let's do it. All right, here we go. All right, so first up, our main squeeze of the month or the first half of August is Old Man Logan number 10. This is The Last Ronin, part two, The Well. Ooh. Uh, Written by Jeff Lemire. (laughs) What? Oh, <laughs> so what I heard was the last Ronin, the whale, not well, the uh, whale. So then I was like, they should have just called him Jonah. <laughs> it kind of applies. Anyway, uh, art is by Andrea Sorrentino, colors by Marcello Maiolo, letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! I think that's your favorite part of the last four years. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> you know, Corey Pettit has not said anything to me. And if he likes or dislikes my woohoos. Mm. Corey, come on, man. Come on. Show some love. Throw a dog a bone. He doesn't follow me on Twitter because all I post about is healthy stuff. <laughs> probably. And probably he's never heard this show. If I had to guess. Probably. Um, <laughs> Who are those people? Someone have him listen to this and let him know that my wife loves him. All I right. love his name. I don't think you're going to win any favors with that. I think that's part of the problem. <laughs> Can a girl just love a name? I, you can, but I think when in you say college? you should listen to me and love me like my tweets because I love your name, that's kind of condescending. <laughs> when I was in college, I had a roommate, and I won't say what year, so in case these roommates are happenly, happenstancely listening, but she, we used to go... Happenstancely. Yeah. We used to go out, and she would, after a couple of drinks... And if a guy bought her a drink, she'd be like, what's your name? Usually, you know, Matt or John or, you know, Carl. All guys' names, yeah. Right. And then she'd go, what's your last name? And she'd always say, I think I have a class with you. What's your last name? Like, that really matters. Mm -hmm. And they would say, Venable or... No, they won't. No. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, in Louisiana, they might. We have a lot of family in in Louisiana. No, it's usually like Boudreaux or whatever. And she would sit there, and you could see the wheels turning in her head. And so guys could be fairly cute. And I would think, oh, she's totally into him. And then she'd brush him off. And I discovered, and I called her out on it, and discovered I was right. So she would take their last name, and she would imply it in her head with her name. And if she didn't think it sounded good, she wouldn't have anything to do with them. Wow. <laughs> okay, well, you know. Some people do want to get married on the second date, and, you know, that's their prerogative, I guess. Well, but to be fair, I think every girl, not when they first meet a guy, but probably as you get a little bit serious with them, probably when, goes... When playing with their Barbies, yeah. <laughs> or not. Sticks their, you know, I wonder what it would sound like Denise Venable. Well, it's not bad. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad it was not bad. <laughs> anyway, another awesome cover. We still have our three claws with the logo, which I like. I do too. And we have another Japanese sun, this time with a throwing star inside of it. I do like how there's only one highlight on the uh, throwing star. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and you know, when I first saw it, I thought, eh, I kind of wish there was more. N- now it's kind of grown on me just to have the one. And, of course, we have a gray sky and then a calm sea and a little sailboat, which I love. I don't know. I just... 
With a whale coming out of... No, I'm just no, kidding. Not a whale. Uh, I don't know. There's something very... Soothing. Soothing and classical looking. It's very zen. Yeah. I love this cover quite a bit. In fact, the colors in this whole series Great. are very zen. Well, on the cover, not on the inside. Yeah, your red squares are pretty zen. No, they're not zen. Yeah. In fact, I think they're against feng shui completely. Okay. Everybody Wang Chung tonight. <laughs> All right. So we start off with an amazing page full of half-tone gorgeousness. As we see old man Logan in a well, and we see uh, the shaft. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> um, and we see old man Logan in the bottom, and he's prostate. Or pro- no, prostrate. No, which one's which? Which one's kneeling and which one's getting poked by the doctor? Um, <laughs> prostate cancer, right? Yes. And falling prostrate. Yes. I should know this. I have one. Um, anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, why are you, <laughs> why asking? you asking? Why are you asking the woman? I have some different hardware. Yes. Um, anyway. So, but he's all like in yellow half tone in the well. Uh, the whole thing looks, you know what it looks like? The whole thing looks like the... Uh, the stuff you see before the movies at Alamo Draft House. So, <laughs> I okay. Let me back up here. So, because I read on the iPad mm-hmm. and I read in guided view because I don't wear my glasses because I'm an idiot. You're not an idiot. Well, they slide out the end of my nose, and they're they truly are. Um, so I thought I was getting bifocals. No, I got trifocals. So. What? Yeah, so the bottom part of my lenses is one prescription, the middle is another, and then the top part is a completely different. Hmm. Good luck. Yeah, and they told me it would take two weeks to adjust. and That's if you wear them. Yes. I'm adjusting. <laughs> anyway, it's very difficult because they say wherever you want to read, you have to point, point your nose so that you, your eyes fall in the right place in the glasses. Needless to say, I'm still trying to figure that out. But one of the things that... These are the problems you have when your eyes are 40 years older than you are. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So I read the iPad in guided view because it blows up each section and then I can read it without my glasses. However, in situations like this panel, when I got to the panel of just the silhouette of Logan, like with his face, Mm-hmm. I was like, what, what, the, what the hell am I looking at? So It's one of those panels that it's hard to tell well, what's the form, the, the half tone or the black negative space. Well, and that was the thing is when you zoom in on just that one panel, it's so large and in your face, you can't make out. I was trying to make something out of the black. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, there's a guy with a hat. And <laughs> <laughs> right. And so then I zoomed out and I went, oh. So then I was thinking... You know what? Instead of having a panel by panel by panel, and some in panel view do this, when there's segregated panels like this, either you see one panel and then the next panel like slices up, so then you'll see both of them, and then the third panel slices up, so then you see all three, so you get an idea of what's going on, but this one doesn't do that, and it's, I had to keep zooming out, and then zooming in, and then, anyway, it. It drove me a little crazy. I think the people who put it on the iPad need to think about how the viewers see this better. They're supposed to do that. Mm, well, they don't. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that was a really long, drawn-out way to say do your job. Right. Then we get an awesome double-page spread of Logan in the Well. I love this view. So we're looking down on him, and the colors are all like blues and purples. There's like a ring of purple around the edge of the water. We see some more half-toned squares. And he discovers he's in the well, and he's got to get out. He pulls arrows out of himself. I will say that one of the silhouettes is Maureen. Yes, yeah. And she's red. Mm-hmm. And I love how he calls her red. Yeah, I guess I didn't really realize she was redheaded. Um, he has a type. Oh, he definitely has a type. It should all be Japanese girls, but no, they went the redhead way. His first love, Rose. Yes, yeah, but that was, I mean, I think that was a retcon to say this is why he loves Gene so much, because his first love was a redhead girl. Mm. Anyway, Rose is fine. Rose is a good character. Much better than Gene. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Way better. Don't get me started on the Gene train. We won't, we won't. So Logan pops his claws with a big snicked, and in his bare feet, 
and all bloodied, he chunks his way up the side of the well with his claws. Uses his claws to climb. Which is always a good effect. Yeah, because you know that's got to hurt. And he talks about how he remembers the guy that put him in the well. And right when he gets to the top, everything goes red just for Denise. And we see the guy, and we, we might as well just say my theory was completely wrong. Eh. It was a better, better than what actually happens, I think, but wrong. <laughs> so there's a guy in the mask and a bow and an arrow. And a really cool panel, another one that's like all black oh. and a red silhouette. Hang on, he let's shoots, back up. He shoots old man Logan through the chest and he falls back in the well. The Wolverine guy. What was his name? The Wolverine guy. Yeah, who wore the mask, who we all thought. Ogun. No, that's the guy who can switch bodies. Yeah, what are you talking about? Okay, so remember the Oh, I don't remember. The guy, yeah. Yeah, didn't his name start with an S? That's who I thought this was. I don't think so. Okay. But I don't remember. I forgot most of that series. I'm going to look up the guy's name. You keep talking. I'll look it up. I know your password. So anyway... You can get some big thunk. I love the colors on this page as he falls back into the well. More purples and now oranges and stuff like that. It looks fantastic. And he says, we've been trying to kill you for the last four days. You are resilient, but we will find a way. And old man Logan says, not likely, bub. See, I've already killed you, so hey. So hey. S-O-H-E-I. I'm pretty sure that's not who you're thinking of. But then he has a flashback to his future, future past. Where him and Marine tried to escape to Japan and they met the silent order and Wolverine starts fighting his way out. Marine fights with him and he, he sees several little cool little circle panels focusing on his hands where he, he almost pops his claws but he lets them get captured instead. General Sohei shows up much older, has long white hair under his mask at this point and uh, old man Logan's like, don't do something you won't regret. And he's like, whatever, and he stabs Logan through the neck. Maureen, of course, panics. And this is where we found out that at this point in the relationship, she not only doesn't know his past, she doesn't know his powers. She thinks he's dead. And when he gets up, she's really shocked. And then they say, bring them to the master. So at this point in the future, Sohei is not the, the leader. Though it appears in the past that he is. And so he goes, so back to the present. He goes, how do you know my name? And he says, oh, the prophecy must be true. And they don't really elaborate on what the prophecy is. So they talk about how they used Deathstrike for bait after she uh, went crazy on the village. They knew Wolverine would want revenge. And so they, they captured Deathstrike so he would come after her. So Deathstrike still went cuckoo. Yeah, they on didn't her, on make her, her go yeah, cuckoo. No. Mm. Yeah, some bum deal. Then we get a really cool double page spread of lots of little panels of a big, nice crucifix snicked and then um so hey shooting him full of arrows and we see all the little different it's just a really nice sequence and he is a new enemy yes just to clarify yeah and so then we go back to the the future past and maureen is mad not that logan didn't tell her she's like so all this time you've had this healing factor in these claws we've been running around like a bunch of fools yep and then he explains that no, it's not that I, I don't want to protect you or even that I want to hide it from you, it's, but there's a part of me I don't want to be anymore. Like Once I pop the claws, I, we cross a line I can't uncross. And she basically says that I love you no matter what. I've already lost everything, too. So basically, um, you know, I, I understand. Do what you need to do. Don't mind me. Yeah, don't mind me. I won't get mad. You have right. a free pass. So back to the present. Logan finds his way out of the well again. So he says, had enough? He's like, nope. And so he says, just you and me? And he's like, no, no, no. You face one silent order, you face us all. We get a pretty cool last page. You see like all the ninjas or whatever on the roof of the temple. See kind of the mountain in the background of the island. Then you see Sohei holding a sword in front of his face. And reflected in the blade, you see part of Logan's face. It's a nice panel. Yeah. So... I'm sure we'll disagree, as usual, but I love the art in this book, particularly the colors. Uh-huh. Um, the story, I felt drug a little bit. I didn't like the storyline. Okay. And not not really much happened. And, I mean, you have the one, like, the one conversation where Maureen calls him out for not using his powers is some good character moment. Yeah. 
but other than that, even like like when you're gonna have a slow issue, like you need to have lots of cool character stuff. And I feel like this is kind of it has action, but the action is kind of just doesn't. I do wish much. we would have given more of a nugget to to who this guy is. Well, we're finding out, I guess. Yeah, but you had old him, new him, current him, future past him, <laughs> right? Whatever you want to call it. So it was a little confusing because I was like, oh, he's old now. Oh, he's young now. Okay. Huh? I don't know. This whole future past and him being confused with other people. It's, I, I think, I'm getting over it. I think the intention is to build all this tension and kind of say, like, oh, I know you, I fought you, but we don't know him. So we don't know the history. And just showing, showing us their history with not a lot of meat to this story doesn't really translate very well. So I don't really, we're introduced to him and then we're shown the history, but we don't really, the history is presented in a way that I don't really care about it. And so, I don't know. I mean, I didn't dislike it. I just wasn't that interested. I will say it was hard for me to get through. But it was gorgeous. So that's going to all average out to me for a four out of six claws. Where are you going to fall? I'm going to give it two out of six. Two out of six. Fair enough. Most of that for me is for the art. And you don't agree with me on the art, so it would make sense. Most of that for me is not for the art. <laughs> well, there's not most of two is not much Actually, of anything. Most of two comes from the cover. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's move on. All right, moving on. So next up, we have Wolverine and X marks the spot. We haven't had all new X-Men in a little while, but we're back with issue number 12. This is, uh, doesn't look like it has a title. It's just an issue. (laughs) Uh, Written by Dennis Hopeless, of course. Pencils by Mark Bagley. Andrew Hennessy does the inks. Nolan Woodard does the colors. VC's Corey Pettit does the letters. Cover is by Bagley, Hennessy, and Woodard. And the cover is basically the cover of a romance novel. There's Angel and Wolverine getting back together. It reminds me of a sweet, is it a sweet tart? What are those candied hearts? The candy hearts and or sweet tarts. Yeah, because his wings make like a little heart. They do, yeah. And then there are like the bottoms in a point. Yeah, there's little flames from his fire wings. And it's pink. It's all pink looking. Yeah. I, I actually like it quite a bit though. Yeah, I liked her, the look in her eye. Like she's actually giving in to her feelings. Yeah. It's a sweet cover. I think the cover's pretty great. I like the colors. Is I like the sweet embrace. It'd be cooler if it came out on Valentine's Day, but... <laughs> well, anyway, so the cover promises a rekindled romance between Wolverine and Angel. Do we get that? All right, so what happens? What happens here? So, I'm not really 100% sure where they are, but... It doesn't really they're... matter. They're in the, the, the magic microbus. Okay. Anyway, we've got Kid Apocalypse, Bobby, and is that Ivy? Ivy. Sorry, Ivy. And they're walking on a street, and they make a comment about should they tell Beast about all the parking tickets that he's gotten, and they're like, yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're taking Bobby out to have a good time. And meet some boys. Yep. Nice boys. Nice boys. The kind you can take home to dead Professor X. Yes. Uh, and then we go up to some loft yeah remember but it's not a loft it's the trailer yeah but remember the inside of the trailer is bigger than it looks that's true because magic magic microbus magic uh so wolverine is hanging out and she's kind of thankful she or she's thinking to herself she's thankful she doesn't have anybody because when she's alone it means nobody's hurt well she says alone used to mean peace of mind right because before the only time when she was alone, she wasn't on a mission. And that meant she wasn't hurting anybody. Right. So she was happy to be alone. But now when she's alone, because she's her own person, like her mind wanders and it's not quite as peaceful. Right. And then, of course, Angel walks by and says, anyone want to go to Milan? Fashion, fashion week. week. Yeah. Which, I didn't like that. Why? Is that really who Angel is? He's a rich playboy, yeah. Oh, I guess I just... Didn't see him wanting to go to Milan for Fashion Week. It would make more sense to go to, I don't know, you know like a fundraiser or something maybe, but... Well, I love He's how showing off. Kid Cyclops. That's Kid Cyclops, right? Uh-huh. 
Yeah. He's like, no, I don't want to go. So he doesn't even ask Wolverine. He just takes off. I'll be back later. I think in the pauses, there's the ellipses. He's like, right, cool. So I think he kind of sees Wolverine glaring at him, takes the cold shoulder and, and weaves. Oh, I kind of viewed it as he couldn't see her. But oh, okay. And then uh, Cyclops basically says, um, you want to punch him, don't you? <laughs> and she tries to brush it off like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, yeah, you're you basically, you're going crazy. So I made this room. Why don't you come check it out? So then he shows her that he's been messing around with some algorithm that supposedly finds trouble. Trouble, yeah. And it organizes it by level of threat and um, I guess what you need. Yeah, threat threat assessments. Threat assessments, okay. Mm-hmm. So she decides, hey, this is right up my alley. Yeah, he's basically, because remember, he's still healing. He's in an arm cast, a leg cast, wheelchair from the beating he took from a juggernaut and toad. Right. And the, the street collapsing on him. And so he's like, I can't go take care of any of this, but hey, you could. And he goes, hey, and you can even take peanuts. Or pe- is it peanut? Pickles. Pickles. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I would remember that. I can't stand pickles. And he says, there's enough food in here for pickles to have 36 hours of uh, yeah. transport. Basically, if he gets junk food, he can teleport more. Right. Which I thought that was fun. Yeah. So, pickles packed. But I also like, that before we get there, because he says, um, and there's my secret weapon, and it's just a backpack. And, and Wolverine's like, your secret weapon is a backpack? But then pickles pops out, and he's got Twizzlers and candy. And, yeah, all yeah. sorts of cans of soda and whatnot and then they bamf off well first they have a oh, moment I'm sorry no it's okay so laura's like eh, scott's like reading my mind here and they kind of have a little bit of clever banter and then he kind of grabs her arm and she's like just walk away it's normal so and because remember in all new x-men the first volume before wolverine and angel had a thing Wolverine and Cyclops almost had a thing. But then Cyclops ran off. And so it didn't really ever come to fruition. But so I, I, I think maybe we're building kind of a love triangle here, which I think could be very interesting. Interesting. But then, yeah, uh, Wolverine runs off to Brazil. I like somehow this iPad screen is all cracked up. But it's like that, like. Is it? Okay. We never see say... the screen. No, yeah, we do right here. See, it's cracked. Oh. I guess I just thought that was a glare. But yeah, it's definitely cracked. Yeah, so she sees that there's a little... So we know that the all-new X-Men do not have insurance on their Apple devices. No, who wants to pay for Apple Care? <laughs> right? Nobody. So basically, she's up in a tree and she says, according to the the iPad, the brief says that this is a bizarre environmentalist offshoot of the hand. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was just funny. So basically, it's a bunch of hand ninjas in green uniforms. Yeah. Because they're green and they love the environment. They're using their, their hand powers to protect the environment. Yes. And Laura's going after them. Yeah, that doesn't really make sense why she wouldn't just say, hey, dude, hand away. Right. Why are doing something decent? So then she kind of talks to herself. Well, I could do it this way, but that's not how Wolverine would do it. Right, Wolverine would just charge in like a knucklehead. A knucklehead. So, so she does. She does. We get a nice double snick. She Tarzans off of a vine and jumps up, and we can get a great panel. I love Yeah, the this double panel. snick panel is great. Yeah. And then she lands, and what happens? They're all dead. They're all dead. Then we get an inaccurate schnook when her claws come back in. We almost had a snack to <laughs> nominate. Because anytime we have a snack, they're automatically nominated because there's so few so and we, far between. But and this one is not a snack. It's a snook. But right. we've discussed this, right? Hers don't snack. They snook. Have we? Yeah, I don't think hers may. Well, it's rare too, so I don't remember. But maybe. I don't know. I also don't like the pink dot in her eye. I feel like she has pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a weird choice to be like. You can't see her pupil, but you can see the little inside corner of her eye that's gross and pink. It's bizarre. But she sighs. Someone beat her. We do notice before we see, this must have happened pretty recent. So we see obviously the hand like 
decompose and turn into smoke, right? Because that's what they do when they die. Right. But before the panel, before that, before the snook. They're there on fire. They're on fire. Yeah. So that's worth noting. All right. Where did she go next? So then she goes to downtown Toronto. Yeah. The mole people went Canadian. Eh? Eh. Sorry. But someone already beat the mole people. Uh-oh. Again, we see some smoke and fire. Uh, pickles, burps. Who's hanging upside down? Mole man. Okay. I thought that was mole. No, that's a mole. That's just a subterranean monster. Okay. I was so confused when I read this. I was like, well, there's mole man. So who's the guy hanging upside down? No, that's mole man. I was like, he has a cape and everything. What a weird pedestrian thing to do. <laughs> yes. He's cosplaying. Yes. So then we get the right uh, truck, which I didn't know. I thought Cameron Hodge was dead, but I guess he's not. Because I thought they brought him back to life in that Secret Wars timeline story. But anyway, we have a truck with a right, with their funny little, their cool smiley face logo. And they're pumping out. They're uh, collecting the tea cloud because they're going to try to weaponize M-Pox right. to kill what mutants are left. So Laura's like, oh, great. Oh, and, oh, we forgot to mention. I do want to mention, because we've noticed that she's definitely taking a different philosophy than Logan. Right. But she does explicitly mention when she's going to fight the hand before she realizes someone beat her to it, that she doesn't have to worry about her no-kill law because the hand are already dead. So we, we probably have noticed, and she's talked a little bit about maybe trying to be less violent, but I, I, don't, I think this is maybe the first time she's explicitly stated, I'm not killing anybody. Right. So I thought that was interesting. I don't like... Where'd the backpack come from? Is it not Pickle's backpack? Because now it's, brown, it's <laughs> orange. It's not green. After In Toronto, they went to a parachute shop oh. and got a parachute. Okay. Those are on every corner, right? Yeah. Okay. So she parachutes down and the right truck has already been destroyed. And she's like, I love her reaction. Come on. Right. And then Pickle's offers her a Twinkie. Actually, it says Twink. And uh, they sit down and nom, nom, nom on some Twinkies together. <laughs> this actually kind of cracked me up a little. Yeah, no, it was fun. So then we go to uh, Florida and we see some goblins talking to the queen. I don't remember what the status of the goblin queen is right now. But anyway, this is obviously her. And they're still around. They're still doing bad stuff. So Wolverine finally gets to fight. We get a snicked. And what did she say here? She goes, I wanted to make a joke. But I didn't think of one in time. But interrupting him with the snick was pretty good, I think. I thought that was fun. So she cuts his head off. She could definitely go to town and some zombies. Though the colors here get a little... Cartoony? Yeah, very sad. This whole... Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah. But it progresses that way. It, it gets more that way as the book goes. Yeah. Uh, very Saturday morning cartoon. But she's cutting up goblins that are oozing their green ooze everywhere. And then someone shows up with a fireball. Boom. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And who is it? It's Angel. It's Angel. And he has fireballs in his eyes. Yeah, that was weird. But then he kind of snaps out of it. He's like, Laura, what are you doing here? And then she's like, what am I? No, what? No, what? And so they argue. And they argue about how they're... Both overprotective of each other and how Wolverine didn't feel like she could be herself because Angel was always judging her. Then he talks about how he's scared because the black vortex power makes him kind of crazy and he has to like feed it every now and then. And so he goes off on these missions. So somehow he must have stolen Cyclops' list or something. And the whole Milan fashion show was just to throw everybody off the scent. Right. And he was really going out and, and killing people so that the power would leave him alone. I think it's weird that it's, the black vortex, that he needs to feed it. Did they ever discuss that? Well, yeah. I mean, it's a big cosmic power, and it, it makes him want to be violent. So. And just to refresh my memory, who all decided to stay all black vortexy? Um, most of it has been undone, but it was Angel. It was Gamora. Groot. And if anybody else did, they didn't do anything with it. Okay. But Gamora just now reverted back to normal. Okay. In Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, literally, I think the last issue, or the last one that I read. Like I said, I'm a little behind. The last one I read, she lost her, her Black War Tux power. And then 
I want to say it didn't really do anything to Groot. I don't know. I ho- I keep hoping they go back to just his regular tree trunk design any day now, but they haven't yet. All right, sorry. Yeah, Back so Angel still, he's going a little insane. This power is, is, is hard to handle. It's a lot to keep in. And so they bond over that, uh, kind of having uh, this uncontrollable side to their nature. And she's like, I understand. I really do. And they start making out in slime. Gross. It's like a Nickelodeon show when we were growing up. Yeah. You Double know dare. Slime's been. Yeah. And they make out for a good while. And the goblins crawl off. And we see the Goblin Queen, who is still Madeline Pryor, I, I'm assuming, but I don't remember her having horns in her head. But I also didn't read much of the Mutant X stuff. So she may have grown them, and I just didn't know. Well, and, oh. I was like, I don't remember that. No, that's an ad for Sorry. Spider-Man Deadpool. I know, but it the way it... It does, it bleeds right, and the colors are very similar. It just looks like another double page or another another splash page, but anyway, to be continued. So, what did you think of the art? Were there two different artists or two mm-hmm. different colorists? Nope, it feels disjointed though. Yeah, yeah. I feel like in the beginning, the colors seem n- normal per se, and as I've we- been really loving Woodard's colors in this book. I did not care for them as much in this issue. Let's see. I felt like every page when we turned it got a little hokier. A little brighter. A little... I don't know. Well, and even the drawing got hokier. So, there are a few panels that I love. There's the double snicked after she swings off the Tarzan vine. Yes. Okay. I like when they sit and eat the Twinkie. That was funny, but the art didn't do anything for me, really. Really? Yeah, I don't. I don't really like Bagley's pickle, like his bamf. Oh, I just kind of liked how she's sitting Indian style, and she's got her, just the style, like how he's right. got her posed. Okay, that's and fair. And how Pickles is leaning up against her knee, and right, yeah, no, it, that's cool. It goes to the whimsy of the the event. Right, and even though I don't love the '90s image slime blood, the panel of the full page of them actually making out. Is pretty like it's pretty good art, right? And then that's really it. The rest of the art I don't really care for. Um, I'm not I'm not a Bagley lover or hater. Uh, there are parts about his art I really like, but this issue did just not did not do much for me. And like you said, the colors just kept getting cheesier and cheesier as the issue went. Yeah. So didn't really love this book visually. What do you think of the story? All right, you told me that you thought this was kind of a chore. To it read. was. I didn't really feel that way. I don't, I'm not going to say I loved it, but I felt like it was so light and, and that it went pretty fast. And you have Wolverine going on all these missions, which, you know, whatever. And the idea that someone's beating her and, you know, we see the fire. And none of the bad guys that she's trying to fight, like they're all kind of jokey. Right. But, but that's fine. I mean, Hopeless is a, he uses humor. In his books, he uses it to great effect in Spider-Woman. And uses it pretty good in this book, usually. I guess for me, Wolverine's internal monologue to herself. See, I thought that was the most interesting part. Well, okay, hang on. It is interesting. And while I really enjoyed reading what was going on through her head, I had to stop and think to myself, would Wolverine constantly be thinking in her head? Because thinking is forethought. So... But she doesn't put a lot of forethought. Well, she puts more. I don't know. I think it fits to a degree because, one, two, or not, classic Wolverine always had a lot of internal narration. All right. And I'll, so I'll give you that. It kind of fits with that. I'm not excited that it looks like we're starting in a Goblin Queen story. I could really care less about that. I think the other problem was it was really hard to read, especially so in this panel over here. We have, you know... Wolverine's internal thoughts are in yellow boxes with blue type, but then all the other colors are so vibrant, you can't see these. And when they're on the iPad, they're even twice as bright. So it just made it hard to read, which maybe that's why I felt like it was a chore. Well, so what do you think of Angel and Wolverine getting back together? I like them together. I do like them together. What so do you I think want of them together? Yeah. So do you think it was written well, like the way they did it? 
I thought it was pretty good. I like the fact that they came together over a mission, discovering that they both struggle. Right. And that Angel's maybe not as perfect as he tries he to pretend to be. To be. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I thought it was good. So I thought that part was fine. And the missions were mostly just kind of whatever. I mean, they weren't really supposed to be these deep whatever. So I enjoyed the story. Didn't really care for the art. Um, I'm also wondering if it was a setup. Now thinking back on it. What do you mean? Well, Oh, do you think know? Cyclops knew that Angel mm-hmm. was doing this? Maybe. I don't th- I don't know if him and Angel get a well, along well enough for him to like. And there's obviously a spark between them. Right. Between Cyclops and Wolverine. So I don't know if he would necessarily send her like, to try to make up with Angel. He also brings up Angel with Wolverine. True. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of hope we get a little love triangle thing. It may be one I, of those. I love the fact that it's two guys that the original Wolverine, like Logan, hated. Well. <laughs> I think that's really funny. I also think that this... Le- I think it's more interesting when you've got the guy who's like, hey, give him a second chance. Like, I'm going to set you up. And then in the process of setting them up, he's like, oh, crap, I actually have feelings. Right. I like those situations. Yeah, no, I agree. I, so I thought the, the personal character part of the story was really good. And then the quote-unquote action was just kind of silly, but I think it was intentionally silly. So it didn't bother me that much. So I enjoyed the comic, didn't necessarily enjoy the visuals, which is, you know, half the comic at least, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's a visual medium. So how is that going to average out? What are you going to give on X-Men number 12? I'm going to give it three out of six. I'm going to give it a middle of the road just because because of what it is. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to inch up towards a four. I really struggled between a three and a four, but I think... I think I'm going to land on a four because there's enough I liked about the art to just kind of keep it hovering in that area. But I don't know, three or four. I'm kind of right there in the middle. But um, yeah, that's all new X-Men number 12. Any other thoughts on it? Nope. Right. Well, that, my friends, is X marks the spot. All right. So last for this episode, we have our Wolverine roundup with Uncanny X-Men number 11. Written by Colin Bunn, pencils by Greg Land, inks by Jay, shh, listen, colors by Nolan Woodard, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, and Greg Land and Nolan Woodard did the cover. And it's actually a pretty decent cover. Uh, we have M with her brother hand, the little nasty face in the palm of her hand, the mouth, the gnarly teeth. We have Psylocke. Uh, trying to make a Greg Lang sexy pose, but she has stuff covering up her ass. And then we have Magnino looking creepy in his helmet. And then we have Sabretooth jumping out of a Velociraptor, which I want to see that movie. Sabretooth v. Jurassic Park. Forget Batman v. Superman. Saber Park. Saber Park. <laughs> That's going to be the last thing you hear from Denise. I want you to, to marinate on that. That's your closing argument for this podcast. Saber Park. <laughs> Y'all love me. <laughs> it just came to me. <laughs> really? That wasn't planned and out planned out in forethought. Talk, talk, speaking of forethought. <laughs> anyway. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Go to bed. Anyway, I would uh th- I would love to see that. And the, probably the best part of this comic is Sabretooth versus the dinosaurs. Of course we're in the Savage Land. But we see an elk run research facility in Utah. And um, it's a secret base. And we see some acid. And we see some bad mutants. And they do some stuff. They attack the facility. They use their powers. There's a guy that looks like a cool lion guy. And some other people. Actually not bad. It's not a bad little group of mutants. And so it turns out. This is actually pretty cool. turns out that someone's using Sentinel tech to make tanks. It's so, like, Transformer-looking or whatever. It looks great. The design is cool. I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, so we meet those guys. Then we go back to the War Room X in the Savage Land. We see Monet arguing with her brother hand. Psylocke arguing with Magneto. Monet comes in, tells Psylocke, 
We know the Magneto's hiding something. Want to find out what it is? Let's go to the Hellfire Club. Remember way back in New Mutants when Magneto was the White King? Huh, might be returning to some of that. Then we see Sabretooth in the jungle hunting a dinosaur. He jumps at it. He fights it. Claws and blood. And he swims and he's about to bite it and he stops. Dinosaur runs off. He's like, ah, that's not me anymore. And then he's kind of like, well, maybe it is. I like hunting stuff. And he jumps and he gets the dinosaur. He chews the neck out. He's all bloody and mouthed. And Archangel finds him. They talk about their similarities. Archangel says, come back to the base. We need you. Then he flies off. Sabretooth's like, what, no ride? <laughs> so then we go to the Hellfire Club in New York. And Psylocke and Sabretooth in a nice leather jacket. We're at the Hellfire Club. going to find out if Magneto's there. And, and Sabretooth's like, isn't this more Monet's snobby gig? And they open the door and we see, hey, Monet is in there. Almost like a white queen get up. So, so I wonder when she wears gloves, does her brother suffocate? Interesting question. Yeah, so, yeah, I was kind of glad when Ken Lashley took over the art of this book, and then I kind of got tired of him. I actually really enjoyed Greg Land's art in this book. It wasn't too sexy. Uh, the stuff in the Savage Land was great. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. It's not perfect. It's not my favorite, but it was, I enjoyed it. It was pretty good. You know, we just kind of dogged on Wizard's colors in the last issue of All New X-Men. His colors in this book are great, fantastic, uh, worthy of the high praise I've been dishing onto him. So I think they just made some choices in All New X-Men that I just don't care for. But his coloring, I mean, he's a good colorist, and it shows in this issue very well. So I like the art. Book looks great. Colors look great. Everything looks good. The story was, there's different threads reminding me a lot of, like, just kind of classic x-men stories you know we kind of we have the evil mutants doing something or you know i don't know if they're evil or not they're busting up sentinel research so is that evil i don't know definitely violent you know we have the kind of the disagreements the subterfuge you know sidewalk and magneto and the monet kind of getting involved to distract everyone from her her brother hand Sabretooth giving into his animal side. And that's, I mean, he's fighting a dinosaur. What's not to love about Sabretooth fighting a velociraptor? And worthily so, that is a solid, a solid six pages. If you include the conversation with Angel, a solid seven pages of Sabretooth stuff. Which, you know, I mean, the podcast that goes next, we're, we're talking about this book because Sabretooth's in it. He's all over this book. A really, really nice focus on him a little bit. Not like it's the main story, but just some nice, nice stuff. And we'll, we know see the unleashing of some of the violence side that he's been trying so hard to keep in check. But does that mean the whole like Axis thing is coming? Like it's wearing off? His true character can only be denied for so long? I don't know. We'll see. Are we seeing the end of Pussycat Sabretooth? We might be. Anyway, I, I, I enjoyed this issue quite a bit. This is, pro, uh, you know, this book got derailed, which is weird because it wasn't an event in the way that everything tied into the same story. So there's really no reason for it to be derailed by the event. But this book just, it slagged through that Apocalypse Wars loose, loosely based tie-in. But I think this book's kind of getting back to where it was. It's a nice, solid X book. Nice, solid art. I'm going to give this a very solid Uncanny X-Men number 11, four out of six claws. Which I feel like, well, I mean, it was. We covered three issues. I think I gave the same grade to every issue. But at least it's a decent grade. Like, I, I enjoyed this episode's books. And so, all right. Well, that is our Wolverine Roundup. All right, so that's going to do it for episode 190, the first half of August 2016. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed our little trip down memory lane in the beginning there. It was fun for us, so hopefully it's fun to listen to. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it. So next time, I've had a lot of trouble between work longing out. Work longing. I'm not longing for work. So I enjoy my job, but that's that's not the focus of this podcast but between working long hours traveling for work and just feeling like crap (laughs) a lot 
It's a lot of trouble. I'm breathing and sleeping and talking and whatever for this almost month-long head cold I've had. Had trouble. Anyway, the point of all that, I'm behind where I want to be on episodes. But unless something goes horribly awry, the next episode will finally be the debut of Genosha in the flashback episodes. And then right after that will be Wolverine number one for our anniversary episode. I know I've been promising that as like the next episode for a while. And I'm sorry, but um, I'm trying to get us there. So, um, yeah, please like the Facebook page. Uh, Twitter is at Snickcast. Email us, nickcast at yahoo.com. Website with show notes, snickcast.podbean.com. And until next time, everybody, hugs and snicks. Bye. And snacked.